You are listening to the Smuggler's Galaxy Podcast, my favorite podcast to listen to on long flights across the galaxy. This is the way. We want it men. episode 114 of the smugglers galaxy podcast your favorite star wars podcast or at least for 200 and some odd of you that show up in our report uh, that we get every few days but uh, anyway (laughs) Uh, jason i'm glenn and with me as always is jason hi hi jason how's it going it's good how's it going for you good uh, any any uh fun stuff happened this week? Got a car. You got a car? Yeah, Ford Edge. Nice. Yeah. Excited did about you, that. Did you trade in a car? Uh no, my daughter got into an accident and we decided ah. that the best thing to do might be to get me a car and hand one down to her instead of her getting something. So nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. I'm excited. What year is it? It's a 2015. It's like a pearly white. It has a sunroof, but uh, something weird's happening with the weatherproofing on the sunroof. So I have to take a look at that. But it runs well. It's going to get me from point A to point B, and I'm happy. So there you go. Yeah. Woohoo! Congratulations. Let's go. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your your daughter, but I know you you were dealing with some stuff and you couldn't really talk a whole lot about it but yeah yeah she's doing all right she's doing all right cool senior year she's almost it's gonna be weird next year when she's not around yeah she goes off to college yeah i could tell my stepdaughter's back in uh normal high school because i keep getting uh pamphlets from people from colleges and stuff and it's really weird because she got like a really big packet from university of alabama that seems to be like it'd be more I couldn't see them sending this to everybody because it's it's a quarter of an inch thick. Yeah. But you know, it it normally they they're sending like flyers, you know, flyer like a uh you know, one page thing, the uh, you know, hard cardboard, but this is like in a really nice padded envelope and I'm like, uh what are you doing with UG, you know, University of Alabama? But I guess we'll see. But then know. she'll take it and throw it all away. She goes, "You know how many of these I get?" But she still wanted it's still cool because I didn't get them. Yeah, she was saving all her pamphlets and they were stacking up on the, the table. And I just in a fit of rage, just threw them all out. I'm like, that's it, they're going in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> you Hawkman, Hulk yeah. Dad. Hulk Dad, foot coming down. If you've seen Inside Out, he's pushing the button, <laughs> the foot is coming down. <laughs> it's been a minute, dude. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, awesome. Did you I've get been... anything fun? Other than the car? Busy with getting things and then making things. It's been a crazy time. Super secret uh, Georgian Alliance project is nearing completion. I'll be excited to get that off my plate. <laughs> um, 
I'm sorry, I can't talk about that yet, but you'll hear about it soon, uh, yeah. dear listener. And uh, making like a, a, a thing that people can sign at the Winter Social. So I'm making okay. that. I'm making a bunch of. I'm finishing the Cantina finally. The 3D printer is finally tuned to a point where I could just crank things out, and so I'm nearing completion of that. But then you asked about what I acquired, and uh, Barry from Mississippi, right outside of Memphis, went to Kane County. Uh-huh. And he saw the salacious crumb um was it a brooch or like a necklace thing? They made jewelry f- during okay. Return of the Jedi. Gotcha, gotcha. So this is like a gold salacious crumb, and he talked the guy down ten bucks and uh and I bought it from him and uh yeah, so now I have a brooch of salacious crumb in gold. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. At least you have something that's sort of oddball that yeah. not a lot of people collect. And, yeah. you know, so when you find it, you get it. I did uh, get a Black Series Greedo for the Cantina. So now I actually have an official Greedo looking Greedo, not the Kenner one in the Cantina facing off with Han Solo. So that's cool. I also got that uh, celebration exclusive that uh, John Favreau Black Series figure. Oh, nice. That arrived, and then I had a bunch of vintage collection figures arrive. We had talked about that last week, so I have to send that 332nd clone trooper to uh, Sam. I'll get that out eventually this week when I find time between breaths. And then, um, so there's a bunch of vintage collection figures that I got. I'm not going to yeah. go through them all. And then the other thing I got was the Micro Galaxy Squadron, the L-A-A-T, the, I don't even remember what its abbreviation is oh. anymore. The Moth that... No, not that one. Oh, I did get that one too. Yeah. Oh, really? Which? You know, the in Attack of the Clones, the vehicle that they're flying in and then they oh. like jump off and then they go fight. Yeah, like... the jump ship or whatever. Yeah, I got that. Nice. That, that arrived from target but then i was also at walmart i think i was at a different walmart than you and i found two of the chases i found two of the moff gideon ships and i bought one to open which is pretty cool yeah it's a cool i actually picked one up too did you at, at a it? different walmart yeah huh yeah. did you open it yes i did open it it's upstairs i've, I've got like i said i've got so much crap going life right now that i open stuff and either you don't open it and set it to the side and forget about it because the yeah i'm packing up and it is not fun it's no. sad when you look at your case and it's empty yeah that's heartbreaking boom, boom, it, boom. it seems like it's like not filled with life all of a sudden it does i'm, I'm hoping i'm gonna pick up some because i had some um gray figure stands that i got uh years ago and i'm thinking i'm gonna upgrade them to the clear ones from ian uh, so that should definitely bring my the uh, thing up a couple of notches. I'm hoping. I just need to contact them and see how much it's gonna hurt. So, yeah, cool. I did hear from finally heard from AFA though. Yeah, about my Boba Fett. How's that going? It's uh, going good. I should have it this weekend. Uh, it graded in eighty five. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's it's Taiwan, whatever the odd. I, I, I think it's a black belt, but don't it may be the brown belt, whatever whichever one's the variant, and with the correct blaster and everything. So, um, graded in eighty five. 
You could message uh, Glenn on Facebook and tell him all about what he got, or you could message us at smugglersgalaxy at gmail.com. Flood his inbox and let him know what he got. You can exactly. add him. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll uh I'll know what I have when I see it, but it's it's been sitting there six months, so it's kind of, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I bought it because it was awesome, and then you see it because I saw it at Second Chance, like, I don't remember, six months ago. And this I was is like, the spring. This sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it was springtime. And I was like, wow, this fed sweet. And so we made it, you know, we started making deals on it, started talking numbers, and then you find out, well, it's a Taiwan Fed. And you're like, crap. Oh, it's whatever the variant is. It's a brown belt, black belt, whichever. And then they're like, oh, and we have the blaster. So I just went ching, 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 ching. And I was like, I gotta quit going in your back room because I always spend money when I go back there. Yeah. It's cool going to the back room, even though like you go in the back room and it's like this is just the stuff that hasn't been processed yet. It's not like they hold the best stuff out there because the best stuff's out on the floor because they want to sell it. Right. It is. It's stuff that hasn't been processed, but they know what's back there. And they're all looking at me going, as soon as I brought it up to Chance, he's like, I knew you were going to find this. <laughs> it's like, thanks. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So I'll get it. Uh, special delivery this weekend sometime, I'm hoping. Let's hope. Yeah. But yeah, the Moth Gideon ship, and that was it. That's all I got. I'm still waiting to hear back from CAS about my submission for at Cincinnati, but I don't know how long it takes for them to even process that stuff before the, you know, normally you at least get a, hey, we have your stuff. Yeah. Email, and I haven't gotten that yet, but we'll see. What are you getting graded again? Uh, Sealed Wampa. Oh, that's right. Yes. Thank you. Yes. That it's probably only going to grade like a 70 or 75. It's not, I don't expect it to grade high because it's not in the best condition, but it's sealed. So I definitely, that's the whole reason why I graded it because it's, it's going to cost me probably 40, 50 bucks for a case and I can get it uh, graded for 80. So double my money and I can get it graded and stay sealed and looking good. Mm-hmm. So that's why I did it. Plus it's hard. It's like when I had my dumpster, it's hard when you're like, should I, get it graded or not and cas is sitting right there so it's like it's easy to just say grade this because you have that moment yeah and i don't mean i don't mean to put cas in a dumpster but you know you're you're cleaning out your garage and you have this big dumpster sitting in your driveway and it's throw it away i got a dumpster sitting out there you kind of broke up there you have a dumpster sitting out there yeah i how i have a, a dumpster sitting out there so it's gone yes okay yeah you know what I mean? So yeah, it kind of forces you. your hand a little bit. Yep. But uh, yeah. So uh, this is going to be kind of, we got a special guest coming up here in a minute, but uh, so it's kind of a weird episode, but did, uh, what'd you think of Andor? Did you want to talk Andor? Or do you want to talk? Uh... Well, actually, before we get into Andor, did you see that freaking lot that some yes. dude found in warehouse? Yeah. That's pretty incredible. That's it's, the dream is that you can go into like some old Kmart and uh, they just find a box and then they just throw it on the shelf. And, but yeah, that's a pretty cool lot. That was yeah, that incredible. Was... And I, I was showing it to some of them. Basically it was what, two or 300 sealed figures. But anyway, it was about two to 300, either 200 or 300 men on cards unpunched that somebody had a couple of cases sitting somewhere and uh, it just 
I mean, he has eight 21 back Boba Fett's. So you're figuring those are worth somewhere <laughs> eight to 10 K a piece. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so he's got $80,000 in eight Boba Fett's sitting right there. And they look pretty on a conservative I mean, side. Yeah, and and they look pretty good. I mean, you can't really tell from the photos, but they look like flat cards. So anyway, yeah, they all looked good, and I didn't know if they were twelve, if the figures, the original figures, were twelve back or twenty-one back. But still, even at that, you know, okay, so you're at for twenty-one back, you're what a thousand bucks, maybe. Yeah, it's still pretty special, no matter which way you slice it, to get all those figures to just kind of just appear and they look minty case fresh it's yeah like, i told my wife i'm like that's the second mortgage she's like why i said because i don't know what they paid for it but it's probably you know they're gonna make money i'm sure that you know but yeah and i, I was showing um guys i work with this lot you know you're just like holy crap look at this yeah and they're like you'd love to find that i'm like i can't afford that i couldn't afford to to do that to buy that lot yeah well they're exactly. auctioning them off and there's you know talk like that's not the best thing to do is to flood the market with all these things all at once but i also thought that they're selling the figures as lots so you get the boba fett lot and the jawa lot if i understood that correctly oh my god i could have well, misinterpreted my... that okay it looks like there's because my wife looked at it real quick and she thinks that it looks like there's eight of each figure like oh the most number they have is eight so like it seems to be like the number eight is really big with those guys so maybe they were buying lots of eight or something maybe ah, but geez it's still pretty yeah. fantastic there's stuff still out there you just got to get lucky so that was wow <laughs> just to see even even just to see pictures of that much stuff that's is found in a barn somewhere was pretty damn incredible yeah i hope they were wearing their brown pants when they found that one <laughs> i hope so too and you also you kind of wonder you know does somebody did they say hey we got some star wars stuff in the back or did they just kind of move something and went oh crap yeah i would love to know the story behind that thing that's pretty awesome yeah we had some we had a family come uh trick-or-treat and um uh, they heard our dog's names and they're like, Oh, is that star Wars? Is that from star Wars? And we're like, yeah. And they're like, Oh, well, so we had a talk and they're like, Oh yeah, we got some stuff that we may want to sell. And I'm like, sweet. What is it? And they're like, they're from Burger King. And I'm like, mother, thanks. Yeah. I'd love to look at them. It's your stuff. Are they the, the toys from 2000 toys from the nineties from like power of the force Two. They're on, they're still sealed. I'm like, awesome dang well at least they're thinking about you and yeah <laughs> but anywho they're they're making the attempt to relate yes they are and it was they were cool they lived right down the street apparently they've got some stuff so we'll see um see if anything ever comes from it but i doubt it so what you thinking is there anything else yeah you want uh, to talk about andor real quick let's, yeah just Dude, it's getting better and better. It's like, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a slow burn. It's getting really better. I like the relationship between Mon Mothma, Mon Mothra and Val. <laughs> um, it, it, that was a nice it, it, twist. Yeah, that and the cinematography is getting really good on that stuff. And, um, you know, it, it 
there was a big that big twist at the end where you figure out the empire don't give a crap and they're not going to live up to their word. Yeah, so I had some issues with that because what was the empire thinking that this guy would just go from six to two and and just go to work? I don't know. Do so, you think? So, real quick spoilers. You might want to skip ahead two minutes, three minutes, whatever. But a prisoner uh, served their time on level six, and instead of releasing them into the universe, um, they just dropped them on level two of the the prison. And then there was some sort of riot or an attempted escape on level two, and everyone got killed on level two as a result of it. But my question is, what was the what was the empire thinking would happen? Yeah, like that dude want to talk? Yeah, like, oh, duh, 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 I'm just going to go back to work. This is my right. life now. No, it's going to be rioting. Yeah, and it was interesting, the whole, like, the whole signing thing, how whatever Andy Serkis's character was like, it takes a week for stuff to get it back to us. You know, how do you think we, we there's no way we hear about it in a day, you know? Yeah. Um. So I and it, it and it's funny how Andy Circus his character like turned like that, you know. All of a sudden he's like, "No, dude, I just I want to keep my head down, just shut up, let's keep keep nose to the grindstone." And then all of a sudden, when they figured it all out, he's like, "Yeah, there's twelve guards on each shift." Yeah, he kind of had trust in in the Empire that they were going to do the right thing when his time was up because I think they've done that before. It's just they suddenly changed, and his trust has dropped. I also thought maybe. Maybe the Empire came down with this um, edict that no prisoners are going to are going to get out, and this or no no prisoners are going to be released anymore. And it was up to that jail to figure things out. And they're like, well, I don't know what to do. Just throw them on two for now. And we'll figure it out later. Like that right. was my. That's the only thing I could think of. But it would have been nice if they explained it. I guess. Yeah, but the, I think you're also kind of here. From Andor's, you know, from their perspective to where they don't even know what's going on. And so you just got to kind of go for it, you know? And, yeah. and, uh, yeah, take the, you know, go, go with what, the, what's known. Uh, what else? I mean, they had the, the Mon Moth, Mon, because they kept calling her Mon, and I keep wanting to call her Mothra, and it's not right, I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they, it was fun seeing her. Oh, your cousin's here, and then it's the girl from the rebellion, and then they yeah. find out that oh yeah, you know what what the hell are you doing? You you should be a spoiled rich girl, and they don't like you know didn't like the fact that Lutherans got them both working it, and one of them's working the for you know background, and one of them's in the middle of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't either. But you know, I gotta say one thing. The one thing that bugs me the whole thing, the whole the most of 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 everything, it's working with hard hand tools, barefoot, heavy tools and stuff, barefoot. It's like, how come nobody breaks a toe or well, yeah, I don't think the uh I don't think OSHA of the Star Wars Galactic universe <laughs> really cares what's going on in that prison. No. The Empire's I, like F you. Yeah, and I don't think the Empire would care if a giant piece of metal suddenly broke the toes of some prisoner. They're like, whatever, kill him, move on. Yeah, move along, move along, move along. They're not, but yeah, it, I, it's like if OSHA shows up and you get cited for three violations, the Empire's just going to kill OSHA. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Why are you here? 
I guess you're taking his place, Mr. Ocean Man or Mrs. Yeah. Ocean Woman. <laughs> hey there, Mr. Ocean Man. What yeah. you doing? <laughs> um, excuse me. You don't have the rules posted where employees can see it in this prison. Throw them overboard. I'm curious. Something's going because you could tell like Andor's talking to that one prisoner, uh, you know, and they're far, they're starting to figure things out. And then he, what is he cutting into? Is that his cell that he's cutting that hole in? Or is it like the public bathroom that he's cutting that wire or whatever? Well, his plan changed. That was initially his plan, but now he's got some other plan that he developed, right? Maybe. Yeah. I guess we'll, we'll have to find out. Yeah. Well, you, you see that he's working on a plan to get out of there. Maybe to cut and, power. Yeah, and, and you're discovering, oh, yeah, that's right, because the power did, they did cut power for a minute. So maybe he's working with something with that. Uh, but you're also, the net, you can feel the net closing because they've got pictures of him and they're starting to figure out, well, he was clean shaven and may, all the guys that did this raid were clean shaven. So maybe they're, you know, get that net whole net things coming and uh you know closing in on them especially when she was using the fish analogy yeah uh but they're also also like just the, i think the cinematography on this is is pretty incredible man i mean it's and the story to, just the whole ep, it's just it's a nice slow burn man yeah. and then all of a sudden you get the payoff it's getting better yeah so what do we got three or four episodes left was that nine so three episodes left yeah of this season wow so hopefully the next three will kind of fly and we'll figure out what happens or what at least what the plan is i don't want to i don't want a cliffhanger i wanted to kind of have some resolution to kind of start the next phase that makes sense. yeah no i think i think they're going to leave it that way or if it's going to be a cliffhanger it'll be a very small one like k2so shows up or something do you think his sister's dead um, I thought it might have been an interesting twist if his sister turns out to be that ISB agent, but I don't think that'll happen. Oh. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Like, she's working that side to protect him and find him. No, not that she's, she doesn't realize that that's him. But she, didn't she have dark hair? This woman yeah. is blonde. Yeah, Max is. I'm gonna admit him. Um, yeah, <laughs> drums. Oh, dogs yelling. So yeah, I, yeah, I. There's think she could have colored her hair. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Tried to disguise herself. Yeah. Hi, Max. What's up, guys? How's it going? How you doing? Uh, it's going good. It's going good. My God, Glenn, I love your freaking room. That's awesome. Thanks, man. I like that. I like that Boba Fett starship hanging out over there. Thank you. Did I you pulled some of the. You're in Tatooine. Yeah, the ships down there to see, but you can't. They're kind of far away. Got right it. There. Oh I yeah, nothing, I got. My... I have nothing besides a Lego ATST right here. Oh. My samples for Wave Two got sent to freaking uh, Florida by accident. So. Uh... Yeah, yeah. I was down in Florida uh, just a couple weeks ago for um, my brother's 40th, and I Googled toy stores nearby. Oh, my God. Did you uh, – where in Florida? Uh, Tamarack, which is right near Sun um, Sunrise. 
So, oh man, well that's right where Jazzwares. Uh, yeah, Jazzwares came up, and I'm like, what would happen if I just walked into Jazzwares? You would be, you would be shocked. Like, yeah. Well, actually, no, they have a new office building that they just set up. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. You guys are the Georgia Collector Alliance. I'm sorry. I'm actually doing quite a few of these uh, over the next few days just to hype up Wave uh, Wave 2. And I couldn't remember who I was talking to today. <laughs> it's oh. all good. I saw that you you were, man. You were like all over the place because you did the one with the uh, guy that does the IG, the that page. You were mm -hmm. with him. Either Was it last night? I think. What was last? No, yeah. Nostalgic Adam was last night. And then uh, uh, Looker. Later this week, I had one guy who was like, I'm very interested in the toy industry and I don't have a podcast. But I want to have a Zoom call with you. And I was like, okay. He goes, this is a burner Facebook account. And I'm like, prove I'm a real person. Here's my LinkedIn profile. I'm like, okay. That's weird. <laughs> okay. I was I was young. I was once young and uh I would I would reach out to toy people like that. So sure, I'll give it, I'll give it a shot. Um, but yeah, no, and next week is the uh Star Wars collector group from Facebook. They're awesome. The uh the micro fleet. Yeah. And then uh I think I have a few others, I don't remember. But I love talking Star Wars, I love talking Jazzwares and all the fun stuff we do. So to set this up for the audience, we're talking to Max Lux from Jazzwares. He's the brand manager. Yeah, I'm a senior brand manager. Senior I can't brand remember manager. the title check. Yeah, but uh <laughs> yeah, uh senior brand manager for Star Wars and Halo um recently halo and then uh of course other stuff in the future as well that's awesome yeah awesome. well thank so you wait, where are you guys located in georgia we're kind of 10 minutes apart from each other in kennesaw which is what 20 30 minutes north of atlanta yeah that's cool when i've been to i've been to georgia once and that was driving through it on my way to florida because i moved from new york well i moved from new jersey to Florida, from Florida to California, and from California back to Jersey. Wow. Love Jersey. <laughs> um, no, yeah, but if you were in Florida, uh, oh my God, dude, uh, there is Tate's Comics. That's the one you have to go to. Yep, that's where we ended up going. Yeah. Oof. Phenomenal. Talk Incredible. about a Star Wars selection, right? Man. Yeah. Yeah. I lost my family in that shop because I was just <laughs> looking at all the Star Wars stuff. That's Fort Lauderdale, right? That's um, yeah, it's about it's yeah. around. It's yeah. like kind of like in the middle, though. Like you kind of have to like go in from the coast quite a bit to get there. I love I love living in Florida. Like not yeah. only is the Jazzers home office there, but the best ramen I've ever had in my life was at Ramen Lab in Boca. I I went back to uh, host a sale summit there, and I I I drove like an hour and thirty minutes out of my way just to get ramen at that one place. It's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. I guess I'll have to check that out next time I'm down there. When I lived in Florida, I, I originally lived there alone. Uh, I was going to test it out, and my wife was going to drive down and uh, live with me there uh, after we had kind of made up our minds about living in Florida versus Jersey versus somewhere else. And uh, my when I was living alone there, what I would do on the weekends is I would literally wake up, I'd go to the gym, I would drive for lunch to um, – I'd make the same thing for breakfast every day. And I would drive to uh, – ramen get ramen there was a target on the way so i'd hunt stuff at target and then i'd go to dairy queen on the way back and get a blizzard and then i'd watch like micro academia while eating the blizzard that was what i did like every weekend was the greatest thing of all time that's awesome <laughs> yeah i used to live in miami miami lakes maybe about 20 30 years ago 
I'm losing track of time and we'd go up to Pembroke Pines and hit the Toys R Us and the, the uh, Target up there. I remember getting a lot of my episode three stuff there and I did Midnight Madness at that uh, episode one Toys R Us. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't go to the original Midnight Madness for uh, episode one, but I remember seeing it covered from FAO Shorts in Times in um in uh, Fifth Avenue, and then I uh I did, I didn't I did Midnight Madness for Revenge of the Sith and the Clone Wars and episode and uh, Force Awakens, and those were great. Yeah, I remember my friend yelling because it was just crazy. Like there was just rows and rows of Star Wars stuff and everyone's just like, do you have Mace Windu? I'll take this. I'll take that. And he's just like, I just want GI Joe. And everyone started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I would have just, what, what year is that? That's 99, right? 99. Yeah. Mm, GI Joe then is burnt. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. If, it was, yeah. if it was, if it was, uh, oh my God, what year is that? And it's 2010, 2010 through 2017. I would have been all over that. Oh God. Yeah. Can we just can we just take a moment? And I know I'm sure that you guys have a bunch of things to actually talk about. But can yeah, yeah. We talk about the golden age of collecting that we all lived through, which was, jeez, uh, I would argue, or 2010 through 2016 is the golden age of collecting, and I don't think we'll ever see anything like that ever again. Are you talking about just the sheer number of figures produced? I think it's it's a it's a multitude of things, right? So I mean, you that's that's when Hasbro starts the vintage collection is 2010, right? Mm-hmm. 2010, 2011. Yeah, it's definitely 2010. 2010 to 2012ish. Hasbro is doing GI Joe. Hasbro for Transformers is doing the end of the second movie stuff, if I remember correctly, and then they did Hunt for the Decepticons, and they did all this other stuff that was like kind of outside the box but the glut and the huge amount of product at retail was staggering yeah you had toys r us target and walmart all competing for the same same toy space this is just pre-amazon right yep and so the glut of product is going to physical retail shelves and depending on where you live that means there was a massive amount of overstock it was real clearance for probably the last time in, in our generation on yeah. anything, including Lego, the amount of Lego I bought for pennies on a dollar in like the mid 2010s, like you would go into target and there'd be rows, just rows of stuff all on clearance. Uh, and then also the uh, like the kind of emergence of Marshall's and TJ Maxx and Ross as a place to kind of find this stuff. But then also you get vintage collection, you get uh, the G.I. Joe stuff where they did the 25th anniversary. Do, do you guys remember 25th anniversary? Do you remember when that came out at Target? Like, oh, God. No, I, I'll be honest. I have blinders on. I just see Star Wars. Oh, man. Well, you got a his tank, right? You got an actual his tank. Yeah. You got a three and three quarter inch figure for $10, 10 American Jesus. dollars for yeah. those first ships. That's insane. Yeah, right. you're not going to see that anytime soon. No, you're not. Like it's no. crazy. Um, but yeah, that was that was the golden age of collecting to me. I remember my 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 biggest regret story is I I worked in New York. I worked at Marvel Comics in like the the 2000s, and I uh, going home from work one day, and there was a Toys R Us Express in uh, Penn Station. And so you'd go in the mall in Penn Station. I usually do a lap around, check out Hallmark for the ornaments, check out Toys R Us Express, and then I'd go home. And I go in there, and they had um, 
they had the ATAT, the big ATAT, like the brand new tool, amazing, incredible one for $25 a piece. <laughs> I said to myself, I said they had two left. I said to myself, if I bring this home, my girlfriend will lose her mind. And so I passed up on it. <sighs> but there was there was there was a reward for me because uh again, you guys mostly Star Wars, but I uh again G.I. Joe, massive G.I. Joe fan. Uh, there was a lost wave of uh, vehicles where you had the Stinger four by four with a uh, a Cobra Trooper. You had an Arctic Hiss tank, and then you had this other set. And for whatever reason, only Toys R Us Express got that wave, and they oh. clearance them out for ten dollars a piece. And wow! So I was like, I'm never making that AT eighteen mistake again. I'll I'm gonna <laughs> buy as many of them as I can. Of course, I made the mistake two years later at Target when, do you guys remember the um, the Jedi Assault shuttle that they did for Clone Wars? Yeah, yeah. It turns into a playset? Yep. $10 at Target. $10. And they had 20 of them. And, and I, this, I, I didn't buy them. <laughs> and this is why Hasbro's not making vehicles anymore, because we're just going to wait till clearance and then we'll buy them. Well, I think it's it's that it's also the a massive amount of tooling expenditure that they yep. would need to do, and the fact that it would need to be an A tier vehicle, and they've also set the bar so incredibly high when it comes to the detail and quality uh, that they want to do for that vintage line, and that's what collectors are expecting at this point, and they realize that they can charge a premium for that, and so they're just going after it. Um, I mean, I have the uh, I have the ITT they did. I have the hover tank they did, and I have the skiff on my desk at work that they did, which are manned by GI Joes right now. But uh, those things are are beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're trying to like. That's the level of deco and detail we're trying to get with line. But like, it's how many layers of paint are in that skiff? Like, I You're understand like why they charge it's it's insane so yeah. like you have again i think i did this on the other one last night when i talked about transformers for minutes but like you take you take the skiff right and you look at it and you're like this is a 50 dollar item and you're like kind of like question mark and then you look at that you realize that the body has been completely painted you open up the panels on the inside and realize that they've not only painted they've dry brushed weathering onto the circuitry details on the inside and i'm like you could have made this 20 bucks. <laughs> nope. They had to match the barge with that one, particularly. Oh, the quality. Yeah. Massive, massive Katana cell barge that I know I know someone's gonna ask me to do one day. I'll be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, it might be one of the questions we have on deck, but we'll get to that if at some point. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry it's so dark in here. Uh it's a great it's a great townhouse we live in, but for whatever reason they uh have no embedded lights. And so this is my my desk lamp and uh like a side table lamp. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. This is my desk lamp. I kind of have it to the side so I'm not like completely washed out. Yeah, but... that's true. Well, I thought it was the twin sons of Tatooine sitting in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about how you became a toy designer, how you came onto the Star Wars Micro Galaxy line. Well, I'm not I'm not a toy designer by trade. I'm actually a uh, I'm a I'm a senior brand manager, and I'll kind yep. of explain what that is because I didn't know at the outset either. So I, I mean, do you want? It's a long story. So essentially, although I hope it's interesting. 
I grew up and I loved I loved Transformers. Transformers were my jam. Like ever since I could I could speak or hold things in my hands, I've been holding a Transformer. I have no idea why my parents bought them for me, considering that they're nowhere near the age grade that I could have, uh, you know, I would have I would have had at that point. But I had everything. I had uh, Double Dealer. I had Power Master Optimus Prime. I had all this stuff. Um, and as I got older, I noticed that my friends were all very much into uh, sports and very much into uh like trading cards and stuff like that i did not care about any of that stuff at all i if, if the only trading cards i collected were the jurassic park trading cards yeah um and so like i i love lego i love transformers i love toys in general like all the crazy stuff that was being released in the 80s and 90s um and as i got older uh you know i i just i, I kept on with it like you have most kids who age out of stuff and i just didn't I always thought they're really cool. I still think they're amazing. Like my desk, my entire this is my bedroom. But like, I mean, I have a display case full of all the Transformers. I have bookshelves full of stuff. Um, and uh, yeah. So as I got older, I'm like, huh. Like, all right, this is my main focus. And what my dad would do. My dad was a doctor, and he would take us every weekend, my sister and I. And we would go to uh, this place called Winston's in Morristown. So he would take us for rounds. We'd sit and watch cartoons. Then we'd go to Winston's in Morristown. And what was special at Winston's in Morristown? They had dead stock from the 80s in 1993, 1994, 1995. And for those listeners who don't know what dead stock is, um, before, before like all the independent toy shops had been completely destroyed by Toys R Us and Target and Walmart, um, there was overstock and there were containers and there was stuff that would sit in the back of these mom and pop stores and just not get sold. And Hasbro would have overstock too of stuff from like the eighties and nineties. And so this dead stock would filter out into stores and you would be able to buy it for retail price. So wow. I bought in 1994, a 1986 ultra Magnus sealed in pack, which is Un- un- incredibly rare nowadays yeah the deluxe insecticons like i would buy transformers every week until 1995 when they didn't have any transformers anymore and i was like well what am i gonna buy uh they have gobots exosuits i don't care about gobots exosuits but they did have something else they had something brand new they just gotten in and it was the power of the force to tie fighter darth vader and chewbacca and i was like I don't know what these are, but these look really cool. And so I, I got them and I played with them like nothing else. And by the way, if for if if you're if you're wondering, they were the red the red lightsaber card. Darth Vader was the point. I think it's the point oh oh issue where he had the super long lightsaber. Yeah, had that. And super um, buff, super buff, and yeah, what's super up, bro? Super buff. You're gonna super add buff. me, bro. Uh, oh, one of the things I was able to get when I was in California, actually, it's interesting, is that I got a bunch of Lee's Action Figure Digest and Toy Review, if you remember those magazines from the yep. 90s. Mm-hmm. I have the one that shows the Toy Fair prototype for the original Luke Skywalker. Wow. Wow. Um, which I, I think is just amazing. That's so cool. I don't know anything about Star Wars. So like literally later that year, my parents are having a Christmas party. And as when you're a kid, 
and you go to a Christmas party. And I'm like 10 years old. I'm like, I don't want to talk to these people. So I go up to their room where all the coats are on the bed or whatever. And I start watching TV, flipping through channels. And I see the freaking Rancor scene from Return of the Jedi. And I have no idea what this is. I have no idea what's going on. But it's the coolest thing that I have ever seen in my entire life. And I was like, I, I remember asking my dad and kind of giving him a description. He goes, yeah, it's probably Star Wars. Your mom and I still on our first date together. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I want to learn everything about Star Wars. So I, I oh God, let's see. I got the book uh, from concept to screen to collectible, um, which for all you readers out there who can eBay it, it's a fantastic book. Um, I took yeah. mine out of one of the podcasts I did and I destroyed the spine. So I can do it again. Um, uh, Steven Sansweet. Yep. Uh, yep. I believe it is. I yeah. Believe. Um. So I, yeah, it definitely see Santa Sweet. Uh. So I, I was like, this is amazing, but, uh, you know, it's 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 the '90s. So Star Wars is coming back into vogue again. Uh, I remember always dreaming about finding like, uh, like vintage carded figures back in the day, and so, I get sick. I get like a cold, and I'm, my mom is like, hey, uh, I'm gonna go to the uh, bookstore. Remember bookstores. I think it was Walden books. Yeah. Uh, so she goes, she goes, do you want anything? I want anything with Star Wars. And she goes, okay. So she goes and she gets me a magazine. And it, I, I'm like, who the hell is this? Captain American Batman. I don't know. I don't know. What? What is this? It was poly. It was a wizard magazine. It was poly bagged with a Star Wars poster. And so she saw Star Wars and bought it for me. Uh-huh. That got me into comic books. And so I read Wizard Magazine religiously, Toy Fair Magazine religiously um, every month, and I learned more and more about comics. And so when I graduated college with an English degree and a film studies degree, which uh, for any of you younger listeners out there, don't do that. <laughs> get a business degree, for God's sake. Never get a business <laughs> degree. They're like, oh, you can use it for anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have an English no, degree, so I know what you're talking about. <laughs> get a marketing degree. Yeah. Go to engineering, kids. Oh, my God, 100%. My wife <laughs> my wife is hysterical. My wife is uh, my wife is Persian. She's from Iran. She came here. She has her doctorate in civil engineering. Wow. And when she found that my parents let me go to a liberal arts school and uh, and get an English major, she's like, that was incredibly irresponsible of your parents. <laughs> <laughs> in Iran, in Iran, we don't have the choice to go to a, a, a English or an arts program. It is engineering and engineering only. I'm yeah. Like, and we have a young son, and she's like, he is going to be an engineer. Yeah, my daughter wants to be an artist. And I'm like, well, you got the math skills. Why don't we consider engineering? <laughs> engineering is a type of art. <laughs> yeah, you need creativity. So, so, so uh, yeah, so I, I graduate, and I don't know what to do. And the first one I send out is I send out a, 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 uh, my resume to Hasbro for a copywriting position. And, uh, again... I don't know how old you guys are, but like Jesus, like the first the first resume you sent out, like post grad. No, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> I have no experience, right. no internships, and I have an English degree. Will you hire me to be your copywriter for Transformers? Spoiler, no, they didn't. No. Um, so I knew because I was so into comics, and because thank God I knew I knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who knew Rick Veach, who's a famous comic art uh, author and artist. He wrote the, like in a plain raw and swamp thing back in the day. Then we get an interview with Marvel Comics, and I ended up uh, interviewing with them six times. Oh. 
Uh, and I worked on their brand assurance team for about six years. Uh, and what that means is I would, from a legal capacity, I would approve uh, and review everything for toys and games, collectibles, action figures, video games. At one point, they wanted me to move out to L.A. to, to help with the video game team. Um, but all that fun stuff. And that mean, meant I get to say everything super early and like in the flesh. Um, yeah. And the other cool part is that Jesse Falcon and Damon Nee, who are two legendary people from Toy Biz who are now at Disney and Mattel respectively, uh, I got to meet them. And I was the only person in the entire company who geeked out about them because I knew about them from seeing their interviews in Toy Fair Magazine, along with Joanne McLaughlin, who's another, she's super high up at Disney now too. So yeah, it just, uh, that's, I, I got into that. So Jesse was really nice to me. Uh, he would always call me Hercules, and he still does when we run into each other. And I go, I go, he's like, hey, do you want to go to this Hasbro pre-toy fair party? And I go, yeah, definitely. So we take a cab downtown to go to this preview party, um, at which I got uh, super drunk on these uh, My Little Pony themed drinks, and I talked to the My Little Pony brand manager about bronies. Uh, <laughs> and I, I said... <laughs> oh man i can't remember what was in that drink but it, it tasted like you were drinking a pink fluffy cloud of lemonade um so i am like jesse i want to do what you do how do i do that and he goes you need to be a brand manager i'm like how do i become a brand manager and he's like you need to get your mba and i go oh damn it <laughs> so i went and i applied to school and i got my mba uh, I did accelerated part-time for three years, or no, for two and a half years, which meant that I woke up at six every morning to take the train in from Jersey to uh, Marvel. Uh, at five o'clock, I would ride a city bike downtown 20 blocks to 13th Street, I think, to go to CUNY. I'd be in class until 10 o'clock at night. I'd stay in the library until 11 o'clock at night doing homework, and then I would take the train back home, make it into bed by about 1 a.m wow to do during it all over time, again right Jesus. during that time i saw my first dead body i uh got hit by a car oh wow uh and i got married so it was uh it new was york the city that never sleeps god i will never <laughs> by the way i get hit by a car the very first thing somebody tells me as i'm screaming at this driver is hey you know i know that happened yeah and that's pretty bad but i uh, just you know there's no reason to yell about it <laughs> <laughs> no no reason at all my wife my wife upon learning that this had happened to me drove into the city and bought me a godiva milkshake from the godiva store <laughs> um yeah so uh i i eventually was like all right cool um i i need i have what i need to be a brand manager now i have an mba which again spoiler for you younger fans out there or younger listeners you really don't need an mba you just need to learn the network better mm. um and it really did spike me. By the way, what I also did at Marvel, which I glossed over, is I also did this thing called the facility and off facility and facility and merchandise authorization. So what that means is every single factory used by any single Marvel licensee to produce Marvel product needs to uh, live up to the standards of the Walt Disney Company from a compliance perspective. Mm -hmm. So meaning that they don't use child labor, that they're safe, they treat the workers well, et cetera. So if you can imagine how many licensees Marvel has worldwide yeah, and how many factories they use. Every pretty busy job, them, huh? Every single one of them passed my desk. Wow. I didn't take a day off for like four years at one point. Wow. Um, yeah. 
but anyway, so I, I started calling people and uh, I was able to get in touch with uh, this amazing guy, uh, Judd, who was the owner of this company called Zag Toys, a small uh, collectible toy company in uh, Orangeburg, New York. Uh, ironically, literally like, it's like four miles away from where the toy fair and wizard offices were back in the day. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of cut my teeth with them as a brand manager. And uh, it was through that, uh, that Jazzwares came along, purchased Zag toys and allowed me to stay on as a brand manager. Um, they eventually moved me out to, um, they eventually moved me out to Florida and then I, uh, after they acquired Wicked Cool Toys um, from LA, um, I really hit it off with that the uh, the collectible and action figure team there. Um, I mean, they're responsible for such legendary lines like AEW, the new Halo line, all of that. Um, and they invited me to come out there. Um, I also worked on Squishmallows, if you know what that is. Yep. Uh, yeah, yep, my so daughter has one. I worked on that for six months. Okay. Uh, which was very interesting. Like plush is completely outside my wheelhouse, but to work on something that is literally like bigger than Beanie Babies. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a trip and a half. It's huge. Um, very, very interesting stuff. And like the, the, what they're doing with the types of animals and creatures and designs is, is unlike anything I've seen before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when I was in, uh, when i was in uh judd judd uh is just he's always been a great mentor and he's just always looked out for me and he's also uh kind of he's given me so many opportunities so i can't thank him enough but he i'm in florida and he calls me up one day and he goes max do you know anything about star wars and i go if i know anything about star wars <laughs> come on judd <laughs> Uh, by the way, at Zag Toys, I worked on the lines Domes, Zoteki. Um, I don't know if you guys go to Target, but you might have seen some uh, ducks, like rubber ducks that were a dollar that were cosplaying as Disney characters. I did those. Um, yeah. No. Yeah, they, they we sold millions and millions of pieces of them. They're amazing. Um, but they're a dollar each. I wanted to call them one buck ducks. <laughs> uh, we instead ended up calling them ducks with a Z at the end, which is cool. And uh, yeah, so Judd's like, do you know anything about Star Wars? I go, do I know anything about Star Wars? So I, I sit in on the pitch or the the meeting and, you know, I help them develop a pitch for this line. Uh, I kind of took took my leanings or learnings from what I had collected in the past. I've been a massive Micro Machines collector back in the day, a massive Action Fleet collector, and obviously a big Hasbro collector. And so I was like, what what would be the ideal Star Wars vehicle line? A line that's vehicle first in every way. And we built Micro Galaxy Squadron. Um, and as I was driving across the country, relocated to California, that's when we actually did the pitch to Lucasfilm. Uh, our tire uh, our tire went flat in New Mexico. <laughs> so the really nice conference center that I had booked to uh, actually, uh, I, think it was, I can't remember where in Arizona it was, but we, we ended up stopping in Phoenix after a lovely man uh, named Bubba from Bubba's Tire and Auto repaired my car uh, in this <laughs> little New Mexico podunk town that had a Denny's as their only branded establishment. Um, Yummy. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I was I was able to make it just in time for the pitch, and thankfully we we won it, and we've been working on it ever since. Very nice. thankful because I love this line. This is a pretty cool yes. line. 
Yeah, honestly, the amount of love that we've gotten from this is just phenomenal. And we're we're so humbled by all the fans who have really kind of, I use the term glommed on, but I think have really gravitated toward, that's a better mm-hmm. term. Yeah. Have really gravitated towards it. Like, it's so exciting to see the, the kind of homegrown fan communities pop up. The fact that we have Facebook and Instagram pages that are dedicated to this brand from the outset is is humbling and is just a testament to how how much the fans kind of understand what a labor of love this is for everybody on the team so the the only thing that i need to mention at the outset is that we have one of the most killer design teams in the entire industry working on this line um one of the gentlemen who started working on the line his name is tyrone ty i worked for kenner back in the day Mm. in cincinnati uh Ty sculpted the uh the villains from the Centurions. Uh Ty drew the Beast Wars eye. Um and he also what was the other crazy thing? He also pitched, do you remember the Jurassic Park The Lost World? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that sequence where there's like all those vehicles chasing the dinosaurs. Yep. Yeah, that wasn't in the original script. Ty came in, pitched it as a toyetic idea to Steven Spielberg while they're working on the line, and Steven Spielberg's like, "Yeah, we need to, we need to write this into the movie." That's awesome. I, I that's not the first time I've heard something like that from the Jurassic Park era of stuff because um, we've uh, we've got some Kenner guys like Tim Effler lives down here, and he told the story several times about how he's pitching the line to Steven, and he, they're like, "I like that logo. Who owns it?" And he goes. I designed it to show you the line and Steven's like, I want the logo, you know, and he bought the logo from Tim or whoever, because it was the toy, you know, the Jurassic park logo came from the toy line. So it's, it's crazy stuff. Crazy. That's just a crazy story. What was the other weird thing? And of course, uh, the other team members, Dion Gihun, Gihun over Columbus day weekend, he actually built a, half scale version of a star destroyer in our in our scale out of plywood just to show it to us and just for fun so how um, big would that be oh my god how big was it it was three three feet long four feet long wow yeah. wow um so yeah we've got them uh we've got we got some new recruits as well who are really great. Uh, we've got Adam, who's our project manager, who makes sure everything stays on time. Will, who's designed our packaging and has just done an incredible job with that. Um, uh, and his uh, Olivia works with him. And then, uh, yeah, my boss, Greg, who's helped kind of guide the entire thing, too, from a business perspective. Yeah, there's there's just so many great people working on this brand. Yeah, and they're firing in all cylinders because it's pretty yeah. cool. Awesome. So wait, can I ask you guys your collector stories? I'm sure you already shared them on the podcast, but how'd you get this divorce? Glenn, do you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, I can, uh, basically it's always been there. You know, you, you earliest memory is, is Empire. We're actually seeing Return of the Jedi in a theater and That's just, cool. you know, kind of always having it. Um, you know, and then back, I got into Power of the Force too, bought all that crap and then sold it several years later somebody offered me 150 a lot and i said see you know took the money and ran and then uh about 10 years ago i went through a bad divorce and found star wars again and sorry to hear but congratulations on coming back into the fold (laughs) yeah i found a a a wife that or you know she supported it and she collect she's a collector so 
you know, we, uh, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. It started off where I was just going to collect what I had in, as a kid. And I've got a whole house full now, 10 years later. What's the so, rarest thing you got in your collection? The you rarest Star Wars or rarest anything? Mm, both. <laughs> uh, rare, rarest anything I have is I have a almost complete, all I'm lacking is the Grim Reaper set of hard copies from Bill and Ted. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. So that, and then Star Wars wise, I don't. What? I've got, oh, if, if, yeah. If you're going to say Star Wars wise, I have a set of Wampa Teeth from Empire, would be my oh, rare. That's impressive. Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. From production. Yeah. It wasn't film used, but it was production. Yeah. Like extra teeth that they have. Yep. How about you, Jason? I had a bunch of stuff when I was a kid, and then I remember my parents throwing all of the Star Wars stuff in a pile and all the He-Man stuff in the pile, like in the mid '80s, and said, "Well, He-Man's on TV. Star Wars is going nowhere." So then they donated all that stuff, and then in the '90s, when Micro Machines came out, we started collecting Micro Machines. But when Star Wars became part of that line i was all in in that and so i started collecting those started collecting all the action fleet stuff and i thought that was pretty cool because now i'm putting figures inside of the vehicles and power of the force came out and i've been collecting ever since and i have a whole room downstairs that's just filled with all star wars stuff i have what i when i was in california i didn't really enjoy california that much to be transparent um the celebration no, just when I was in California living. Oh, okay. Celebration was amazing. Yeah. Um, just California, the state. Uh, what I did was there's a big offer up community there. And so I went on offer up and I was able to source every single, with the exception of the battle droid head, every single one of the transforming head play sets. Yeah. Uh, that they did for Star Wars. Obviously, I'll never own the alien or predator ones, but yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what's the rarest item in your collection, Jason? I have a hard copy of Salacious Crumb, the Kenner version. That's cool. Yeah. That's my guy. I love Tell Evil what Kermit. Else you have. What well, else have, you have? Yeah, I have a bunch of pre-production micro machines, Star Wars stuff, and uh action fleet stuff. And wow. It just picked up um Earl McCarthy did a lot of the uh sketch drawings for the he did reference drawings for the Micro Machine line, and he would draw like an Imperial officer, and then he would give it to the sculptors so they have something to work with. So I got a couple of those recently. And, and the biggest piece you have, come what's, on, I know. Do you? What's the, the red? Piece? The red? The Imperial Guard. Oh, I have a hard copy. <laughs> I have a hard copy of the trans, the Imperial Guard transforming playset. What? Yeah. How the heck did you find that? Uh, I know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> I I wanted you to share that so you could understand. Forgot. This guy's, <laughs> this guy's serious insane. about the micro collection yeah. stuff, micro machine stuff. He he loves it. He's got an insane collection of micro stuff. That's yeah. amazing, man. That's amazing. You know what? I didn't realize I didn't realize it was rare until just recently. Do you, do you guys remember Pizza Hut did a promo where they had the mini transforming head play sets yep. that were polybagged? Yep. I didn't know that those are released on card too and that they're insanely rare. Yeah, like, they are. There's a four-one set? Yep. Yep. That's a tough I one. Just found out about that today. Like, wow. 
And there's like a box set that sells for three to five hundred dollars of all of them. What's that? All the new, all like the later wave ones. Yeah, that's nuts. I would love to have that. I had um, I bought a, I got a bunch of them from uh from from Pizza Hut back in the day. But yeah, I've I've always been hunting down the rest of them. I got the first series box set, but like the second one has been elusive. Yep, it's a pretty cool line. I miss it. And so when I heard that you guys had micro machines and I thought maybe you were bringing back action fleet, but this is something kind of different because it's all in scale. Yeah. We're roughly at a scale. We try to stick to be, I think it's 196 scale. Um, but we do have to fudge things every so often just to make the things uh manufacturable and not be like a ridiculous length. Like the money in Falcon to scale scale at 196 would be about I think it I think it was like because we made models, I think it would be like four to five inches longer, and that just that's not going to hit your price point. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah, someone was asking me about the the Falcon in relation to Slave One, and they thought the Slave One was a little too big, but it seems like it's the Falcon that's a little smaller than. It's a little smaller. Wait, than, than, thank, than thanks for stealing one of my questions, Jason. Go ahead, ask your question. <laughs> no, he's talking. He's answering it. <laughs> how do you figure out the scale? Like, do you work with Lucasfilm to say this is how big this ship should be? Uh, yeah, we, we do work with Lucasfilm to ensure that things stick to our size classes. So we have our scout class blinds, which are four five $5.99, our $12.99 light armor class, our $16.99 starfighter class, $29.99 starship class, and then assault classes, everything above that. Um, so we try to make sure that things fit within the same retail footprint and price point. But we do reference, um, I have formulas and stuff like that to sh- make sure that we hit close to 196 scale. Um, and we work with Lucasfilm on the official dimensions of the vehicles too. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and sometimes you need to, to fudge some stuff to make sure things fit. Okay. Yeah, because like we had a friend that was just like, that. Foul, the, the slave one just looks off. And I'm like, I think it looks okay. You mean both at Starship? Yeah, it's all, it, it'll always be the slave one to me. My favorite meme of probably the last year and a half was it's the scene from episode one of Anakin talking to Padme, and she goes, You're a slave? And he goes, I'm a Boba Fett starship. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I, I actually I have a um a, a custom license plate and I wanted to do slave one and they both my wife and the lady at the DMV was like, You're not getting that in Georgia, man. No, no way. Not in the South, no. B B A F T S T S H P. I don't know if that worked, but yeah, I don't think you want fire spray either. It's kind of weird to have in a car. Well, since I stole your question, you have any other questions, Glenn? Well, the only other question I had is on the for the Falcon was when we were at Celebration, you had an Easter egg on it. I can't get it to do in the production. Is it still in the production? Yeah, definitely. Um, if you hold down the button to enter hyperspace four times in a row, the fifth time it should break down. Okay. Okay. Oh, now he's going to do like... it. All right, so you turned it on. Press the right, so now it's on. Press so hold, down. hold the Did it go to hyperspace? It. Yeah. Do you have a a battery in it? Do it again. So release it. Yep. Do it again. 
And hold it up to the microphone so I can hear it. Did it do it? Yeah. Yes. yeah. I was so mad. I was like, it's not doing it. So you hold it down four times, and on the fifth time, it's going to do it. It's either okay. you hold it three times on the fourth time, or you hold it four times and does it the fifth time. Okay. Okay. And I kept trying it. I'm like, it's not working. So, yeah. And why, I guess, going back to the Falcon again, why didn't you put Luke in it to begin with? Or is that just a... <laughs> So, uh, are you guys comic book fans? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. All right. Are you familiar with the Marvel No Prize from the sixties? No, no, no. Yeah. So Marvel, Stanley did this thing. I think it was Stanley. Uh, probably attributing to him falsely, but he did this thing where if you found a continuity error in a Marvel comic and you pointed out why, you pointed out both the continuity error and then why it wasn't a continuity error, like offering an explanation as to why it's actually, you know flying you would get a no prize which is an empty envelope with no prize stamped on the front of it um <laughs> yeah no so what i've been doing is i've been offering no prizes for people who actually try to justify why it comes with uh why it comes with leia instead of luke or why it comes with obi-wan instead of luke and the the best answer i've gotten so far is because leia is not really associated with any vehicles that are you know within the relative price point that we wanted to hit so she we wanted to make sure that she was included with the uh falcon and then we of course corrected that in the uh death star escape box set which has luke skywalker and don't worry there's going to be another tatooine luke later down the line yeah yeah i've heard that rumor too i would imagine if there was some sort of speeder going across the sand i would include luke with that and no, maybe, no, no. We, would, we would include we would include a Tuscan Raider and uh, R2D2. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but R2's in the in or in the R2's thing, in right? like ten vehicles. I know that's the only. He's in the. Oh, we were. I was going blind box because he's in the 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 escape pod. I love that is that is probably the coolest blind box that we've done to date. That is uh, I really dig that blind box. Yeah. And everybody's like, why isn't C3PO included? Don't worry. There's other <laughs> escape pods. There's other reasons for C3PO to exist in the line. Don't worry. Yeah. You'll get your C3PO. Hopefully one day you'll get your droids rebellion C3PO with the freaking jetpack, the red eyes, and the rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. <laughs> you heard I don't first. know. I don't know what vehicle we'd include him in, but I want to do it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Is that Afro's droid? No, no, no. Uh, so Dark Horse did a series where uh, I think it's C3PO. No, it's C3PX. Uh, Hasbro did a figure of him too, where he essentially there's a droid. I don't. I don't think I ever read it, but like there's an image of him online where it's like C3PO with Boba Fett's jetpack, red eyes an x over the top of his head and then like he's holding like a blaster rifle and it's freaking badass is that like a what if comic no i got c3po droid rebellion i don't have to weird stuff that you just remember right yeah yeah oh my god it, dark horse it was droids three the droid rebellion crew and protocol droid c3po let a droid roll against Boonta the hut which i can't believe it's a thing um come on there's got to be the image there's the cover image of him with the rocket launcher uh, maybe we'll try c3bx 
Yeah, type in C3PX. That's so cool. Okay, so let me look C3PX. C3. Okay, he's not. He's not. He's a protocol droid that's the same model as 3PO, programmed to be an assassin droid. Dang. Was he in Toys Rebellion? I guess he wasn't. I guess, I guess, I guess I was wrong. He worked with Darth Maul. Huh. That's crazy. I've never seen that guy before. Every time I hear Darth Maul, I think, Darth, let's go to the mall. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's half off. Oh, it's so badass. How badass is that? He's got that's pretty cool. Freaking rifle. So we did have a couple uh people ask or send us some questions so i wanted to go through a couple of those i know there's probably you probably can't answer like for example the first one um any plans to make ahsoka starfighter or the blue x-wing from season seven from the clone wars if you haven't announced it you probably can't seven is that the the jedi interceptor version where it appears for one episode um it's the blue y-wing from uh rebels 2 as well Glenn. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. You're talking about a circus ship from Rebels, not Clone. No, Clone Wars. Yeah, Clone Wars Clone 67. Wars. She had a um a Jedi interceptor version of a Jedi Starfighter. Yeah. Um, and it was I think it was the Battle of Catanamordia. So if you if you know like, yeah, that should answer your question. If I know what battle it's from. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, Although I can't give I can't give a definitive date on that because I'm trying to remember where I put it. If I put it, did I put it? I don't know. No, I good. definitely thought about it. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, Ahsoka's Ahsoka's OG Jedi starfighter, uh, the uh, the oh my god, the Delta Seven B with the hyperdrive ring is in series two. Yep, that's about to drop that soon, like any week now. Apparently, it's dropped. Apparently, somebody found Yoda's Jedi Starfighter, which plug is my second favorite vehicle from Wave Two. It's incredible. Yeah, why do you like that one so much? Um, it's so it's so compact, and yet it has everything that you would want from Yoda's Jedi Starfighter and more. It has a tiny, tiny Yoda. It comes with C- with R two D two, so you can actually plug it into the droid socket. There's a droid socket release button, but there's also three prong landing gear and then opening wings and an opening cockpit. And it's just nice. so compact and fun to swoosh around. It's great. That's pretty cool. It's got to be fun to design toys like that and try to figure out what play features. Like, how do you decide what play feature goes with which vehicle? So there's different brand. There's like brand managers work in different ways. What What brand managers really do at the end of the day is they kind of they kind of provide guidance and they kind of help shape the line and make sure that things move along and ship on time. So they work cross-functionally with marketing, with uh, design, packaging, management, sales, to make sure that the stuff gets produced on time, under budget, and of a, of a great, great standard of quality. Um, some brand managers will just be like, yeah, cool, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do a series of Star Wars vehicles. Uh, wave two, work with Lucasfilm design team to figure out the best vehicles to do. Um, because I'm such a Star Wars nut and because I'm so passionate about this line, what I do is I actually I work to determine the ships based on what's coming up in terms of um uh, content, anniversaries, etc. So like you know, looking at when Phantom Menace's anniversary is gonna be. Uh, Return of the Jedi's anniversary, um, all of that. And then I work with Lucasfilm to ensure that uh, those ships kind of match with what their franchise priorities are. And they provide us uh, 
really the best guidance in terms of what the best ships are going to be from a, a retail perspective and then from a fan resonance perspective. And then what I'll do is I'll send out kickoff emails that include all the information about the product, um, the characters that are going to be included, and then the action features that I'd love to see incorporated into the vehicles. And then the design team uses that as a jumping off point, and then it becomes a collaborative process of us working together to determine what's going to be best for the vehicles. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very much a team effort. Yeah, because... Like the playability on the Razor Crest and the the Falcon is insane for a little bitty ship. Well, yeah. the fact that the fact that the design team worked in a speeder bay into the uh, LAAT is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't I, opened that yet. I just got that oh, today. Yeah, if you open the back the back hatch, there's a peg that's like the peg that is included with all the speeder bikes, where you can actually plug a bark speeder into the back. Oh wow! And, uh, and you know, swoosh it around and take it with you. Wow. Can't wait to dig into that. Yeah, love <laughs> now, that. Uh, you know, I was the funny thing is I was so against initially having those those figure clips in the um the middle of the lat, but at the end of the day, like I actually handled a version where I had broken them off. It's not fun at all without those clips. Like those clips really make it. They're great. Okay. All right, I'll have to dig into that after this. I don't want to hold you up too much because I know we've had you for a while and it's getting yeah, late. It's like but... half an hour, dude. It's fine. Okay, all right. Just making sure. Just want to be respectful of your time. No, I mean, as soon as my wife uh, texts me and says that I'm being a terrible father by not spending more time with my child, then I'll need to jump, but I'm good. <laughs> okay, I'm good. all right. Now, I know you said, and this is quite obvious, that it's a vehicle first line, but is there any way to get like more stormtroopers for the ITT? Planning on any character packs? Well, so what we what we did is like, uh, you know, we... We tried to make the assortments for the blinds as much of an army builder's dream as possible in that we're encouraging you to buy multiples of those army builders so that you'll be able to get those those characters and those vehicles that you can then incorporate into your larger overall army, right? Yeah. So obviously there's going to be a way to get more stormtroopers later on in those blind packs. Um, scout troopers, you already know. Clone troopers, you've already seen that with the bark speeder. So it's about building up your army in terms of vehicles and then having those those characters alongside it so you can populate your other vehicles. Like on my desk at work, I have my um my lat. Well, it's a secret re it's a secret lat repaint that night. You know what? Uh, I'll actually use you guys too. So Nostalgic Adam's getting one reveal. You guys are getting one reveal uh at a later date. Okay. It's an exclusive. Um but uh yeah, it's uh there's a very special lat coming out. Um, I can use my imagination okay. and think what it might be, but I don't want to. Oh no, no, the right one now. you're the one you're thinking of is coming, but that's not coming until spring. This, this, Ooh. I can't like I can't be any more specific, but it's a version. It's a version of versions of the lat. Okay, um, but anyway, my lat is staffed with uh, Grogu in one of the ball turrets, and then the Mandalorian in one of the ball turrets. So yeah, it's um. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> but yeah, the, the thing is, like, there's there's no reason to like make a make a, a a microfigure accessory pack because it is vehicle first, and it's something where the vehicle is the star of the show, and really the figure microfigure accessories are kind of not set dressing, but they're there to pilot the vehicles. Yeah. And just to clarify, some of these exclusives are they timed exclusive? No. Nope. 
So uh, retail exclusive usually. Well, sometimes we have uh, we have windows where it will be retail exclusive, but from a region locking perspective, they're only exclusives domestically. So like uh, I think I think the Hollywood Marauder is under Walmart Canada, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So yeah, uh, it's a Target exclusive in the U.S. Okay, cool. Just clarifying. Thank you. And it kicks ass, and it's beautiful, and I love it. And then I ordered that new pack. The I can't remember which one is it. The, the Death Star Chase. Is that what it is? With the, run? Yes, thank you. Yeah. With the uh, stands, are you planning on putting Oh, that's any more... the evasive action set, yeah. Are you planning on any more stands in the future or packing them in with future vehicles? Um, we'll usually include them in with future vehicles if uh if the vehicle can't kind of stand on its own, just as a way for uh display purpose. Like the boat both at Starship can be posed in landing position. Mm-hmm. Um, but for for some other, I'll call them exclusive items. I'm thinking of ways to incorporate a stand into just a single pack, but you'll need to you'll need to wait for that one. Standby. Um, yeah. The the evasive action set was something special. We kind of tested the waters uh, when it comes to the uh, the stands. So assuming that does well, then we'll keep doing stands, or we'll find a way to incorporate stands into the line overall. Awesome. Yeah. I have more questions, Glenn. Do you have any? I don't want to just monopolize um, I'm just, time. I'm, I'm... What what's been I know I've seen some people like customizing stuff. What's been your favorite custom? All right, work so I'm, a, I'm a I'm a bad guy because somebody sent me one of the customs they did where they actually they somehow kit bashed an ARF trooper helmet onto one of the clone bodies and they sent me a um a fully washed and redecoed ATRT with a ARF trooper on it that was also fully washed and redecoed and that thing is beautiful and it's sitting on my desk at work so I need to send them a very nice thank you letter um it's hard because there's some guy on the Facebook group who customizes 3D prints wings and stuff like that and I'm just always impressed by their work is that Kevin? Um, Kevin Tanner? yeah I think so that guy's a genius Um, super nice guy too uh yeah i think that's it like the, just the the people who put the wash into the uh the figures to really or the microfigure accessories to really bring out the level of detail that we're able to incorporate into those things is just really impressive and the reason yeah. that we can't we haven't washed the figure microfigure accessories themselves is that it's it's just very challenging because of how small they are and you're just going to get if you're doing it at a factory level you're going to get a wash over spray and it's just going to look bleh but you have people doing it on their own. They're, they're taking a lot more time. They can easily do it by hand. Uh, one of the other things that I've seen some criticism on is like, well, you know, there's not that much paint. The amount of paint that we were able to get on these microfigure accessories and the vehicles, given the size of everything from a manufacturing standpoint, is nothing short of revolutionary. <laughs> and people are like, well, look at the look at the old uh, micro machines line. Yeah, I have looked at the old micro machines line. The ones that were sculpted at like four up, and then they were hand painted in China in the 1990s. That doesn't exist anymore. No, like right. this could be 150 dollars if we did that. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, no. I like the price point as it is. Right. No, but seeing the seeing some of the white the black wash that people are doing makes me want to go black wash my figures because when you do look at those figures, because I was looking at Moth Gideon and it's an incredible sculpt on a yeah. little, you know, a figure that big. There's there's no way you should be able to get that much detail on it on that that small of a figure, but it's crazy. The Han was the best for me. I just like the seeing the Harrison Ford face in there at that scale was just impressive. 
And what I did do is I took my, um, I actually took my action fleet guys and I measured them against it to like Obi-Wan, Han, Chewie, et cetera, just to see what they look like compared to the uh, action fleet ones. And oh my gosh, those are so cool. So speaking of sculpts real quick, do you uh, Z-sculpt these vehicles and the figures? We uh we actually we're lucky enough that Lucasfilm has a lot of uh 3D 3D files for a lot of the ships. Um and so we're able to work off of those at least to, as a starting point because yeah. the, like look at the Y Wing. Like if you haven't looked at a Y Wing lately, like holy cow, the amount of detail, the amount of greebling, as the Lego community calls it, that you have in that Y Wing is unbelievable. Yeah. Um and resculpting that by hand would make our regular twelve month development timeline probably like eighteen months. Um, but yeah, uh, we we three D sculpt everything and um yeah the 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 microfigure accessories are obviously the biggest challenge because there's no there's no starting point from a three D sculpt perspective. So what we need to do is we need to constantly provide reference to previous microfigure accessories we've done. Um, to kind of show okay, this is how the clothing should look. This is how the uh. This is how the um oh my god the the uh the shoulder pads should be asymmetrical here just like on this character etc. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And how do you decide chases? Sorry, Glenn. I'm no man. You're good. You yeah. Yeah. So uh, I I also know that chases have been a not a sore point, but something that people have brought up. So when when we're when we're doing the line, obviously we do have a collector segment of the community that's buying the line. We also have a kid and casual consumer uh, segment. That's kind of a long tail of our overall business. And we need to ensure that we have A or B tier vehicles on shelf at all times in order to sell. Yeah. But I'm a fan. I want to do crazy stuff. Like I want to do, I want to do stuff from rebels that's never been done before. I want to do uh, Sabine's tie fighter. And the way to do that is by having a limited production run on them. Because okay. God forbid, you know, we make Sabine's TIE Fighter or Harris A-Wing a common tier vehicle and it sits on shelf, then they're going to, then, you know, that, that's not good for us. And it's also something where it's like, well, do Rebels character really sell? Yeah, we all know they really sell. They're yeah. great. But it's, it's something that becomes more of a challenge. So we want to ensure that sellout and we want to ensure that sell through, which is where the rares and the chases come in. So it's a way to insert vehicles into the line that you can't normally get them into the line. Correct. Okay. So that's so that how you, you that's how you figure it out. Challenge from a kind of justification perspective. And not because they're bad vehicles, but because the understanding of them might be more limited. Or the general knowledge of them might be more limited. Yeah. I'm trying to think right. of the weirdest chase that we've done that we've planned out so far. Well, I already know a couple people that are looking for that uh, Sabine TIE fighter two on this call right now but we know a couple more people that are looking for it so i love it yeah. it came out so beautifully the deco is great I... sabine looks great well glenn has one of his dogs named sabine so That's yeah crazy. if i had any samples i would send them your way but i don't yeah i would i would i would love you forever if you did that <laughs> yeah, i have uh i have i have one sample that i've kept it's from our spring 23 wave mm -hmm. and i i love that thing to death cool yeah that that's a ship i've been waiting for for a long time and just to know that it's being released is is pretty incredible so yeah i've, I've put the word out so i've got people looking for it that have said you know if i ever find it i'm shipping it to you so um you i want to go to blind bags mm -hmm. is there a way that you you guys have worked on maybe making them less tamper proof or more tamper proof 
We did do not... we did do essentially a full a full seal to it. Like we put we put wafer like large wafer stickers on the top and bottom of each box, which should be enough to make them more tamper proof. But yeah, I understand that people are cutting it, and that's something where I I am talking that through with the team. Whether it's we you know we we do a different type of box, we glue it shut or, or something of that nature to make it more tamper evident. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we've just shocked people at retail who tried to open it in the store, but I don't think that's possible. <laughs> It'd be too expensive to put the mechanism in the box. What about? Well, we... I guess like Lego does ahead. the bags. Right. Uh, not the... anymore. Oh no, they don't do bags for their mystery figures. You, well, no, the next wave is going to be boxed. Huh. Oh. Reducing plastic. Yep. Oh. Also that, enjoy. Think... It. Enjoy your paper bags with uh with Lego pieces too. Jeez. The yeah, the plastic bags are being replaced by paper bag, which I actually think is great because the apparently somebody was reviewing it and they said the paper the paper has a plasticky feel to it, so it's much more it's much stronger than regular paper. It's not like tissue paper or anything like that. So you still get the pieces and it's fine. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's all over because they stopped using the bags with the tiny little holes in them that they had in the eighties and nineties. Yes, yes, I remember those now. Yeah. yeah, they had a smell. There was a specific Lego smell. Yeah, gone. No, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, like the Lego company is the largest manufacturer of tires in the entire world. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Um. Okay, we're winding down. Any uh, plans for Cloud Car? Winding Ewing? down. It's nine thirty. God. Well, why? Are, again, yeah, we we're trying to. Respect your time. Podcast? I mean, we. It's nine thirty. What am I going to be doing? Besides right, let's party. Bed? Let's party, man. <laughs> I'm let's party. Thirty-eight um, years old and have a child. I don't party anymore. Yeah. Okay. So, any... so I just gave a spiel about how I freaking like uh, I loved toys until I was in my my late thirties. So yeah, I didn't party very much to begin with. No, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> I was buying yeah. figures, not buying beer and going to parties at college. I know, didn't you? You looked at like eight dollars for a beer. I can buy a Star Wars figure for yeah. that, and that will last me yep. a much longer and be better for my health. Yeah, exactly. The beer will be gone that night, but I'll still have the action figure. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna ask you guys questions now. What's your What's your favorite bizarre Star Wars action feature that you've had in a figure or a vehicle or whatnot? Bizarre action figure feature. I don't know. For wow. me, it's all about the, the the decapitations and the limb removal. So, like, defeated Darth Maul with the magnet in his waist. Um, oh, wow. The, okay. Uh, Bespin Luke with removable hand. Um, yep. I have that one with the, the bloody Wampa stump. with removable arm. There you go. Glenn, yeah, the, the, the Wampa, the the uh, Black Series Wampa, that's kind of weird that you remove the arm and it's red underneath. Yeah. Somebody well, the, going back to Action Fleet, unless you want to talk, the uh, the... Tatooine action fleet set. There, they have the Uncle Ben and Aunt. Oh, the skeletons, shit. yes. Oh, yeah, they got their skeletons. The, the only, the only official release of the charred skeletons of Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew in. Yeah. The, oh my God! It's the Death Star Mos Eisley playset from Micro Machines. Yeah. 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 Some phenomenal engineering in that piece too. Right. I was always disappointed in that one when I was a kid because I had it and I was like. Wow, it's the Death Star. It opens up into into a thoroughfare of Tatooine. Mm. <laughs> Not really sure how to play with this. Yeah, uh, like Tatooine-based vehicles. Yeah. Huh. 
Or um, I, I'm trying to, Jason, you may have to help me word this right. But so we're, we're noticing like when the line first came out, they were hard, not hard to, you know, hard to find. And now that we're, we're seeing them, especially like the, the higher end stuff, like the Falcon and the Razor Crest, you know, mm-hmm. we're starting to see them a lot sitting on shelves. Is that something that's concerning to you guys? No. It's the holidays. Yeah. What day is it? It's 11, three, 2022. Right. Uh, that's what happens. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're increasing stock for, for the season. Uh, our procurement and planning team has done a fantastic job about limiting overall production to make sure that we don't run over and that we can continue to ship new waves of products. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not concerned. Okay. Awesome. We can reconvene yeah, we... on December 31st. All right. <laughs> that, that we we've just been talking and we're like, wow, you know, but I never thought that, oh yeah, it's Christmas. So it's Christmas season. So ramp it up. Mariah Carey's here. It's time. I've yeah. never seen a single blind box on shelf. Ever. Really? Mm-hmm. I go to I go to Target, Walmart every single day, and I have never seen a single one. Yeah, they're cleaned out. That's because Glenn and I live in so close, we <laughs> clean them out. But yeah. Well, I'm well. The the reason I was asking about the tamper proof is if we find them, and if we're not the first one there, somebody's going through with a, a pocket knife and wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Cut them all over. They're rough then in uh, Georgia, aren't they? Yeah, yeah they, dude, I've seen people take the figures out. I looked at a box and I was like, "They're oh, I, you know, oh, it's manufacturing." I'm thinking, you know, quality control. What are they doing at Jazzwares? And then you look, and somebody took a razor blade to and stole the the Luke out Welcome of it. Welcome to Georgia. So again, yep. I'm a, I'm a big Transformers fan. <laughs> I've been looking for Blitzwing. It was a triple changer forever. Go to local Walmart. I see a box pristine condition on the shelf. I pick it up. It weighs nothing because someone has just taken the toy out and returned the box. Jeez. What? Yeah, that's one of the concerns about the plastic free is that people are going to start doing that. Yeah, that's the I, concern. I think, I think at the same time, like if you if you own a consumer packaged goods company or you work for a consumer packaged goods company, you understand that packaging is is from the most part meant to be discarded. And I think that People are like, oh, well, you make plastic toys and blah, blah, Yeah. We're working on making, like, companies are working on making more biodegradable or eco-friendly recycled plastic products. But at the end of the day, the biggest waste driver is going to be that packaging because you're making this item as a durable good that you can keep for a while. So I, I have, I, I actually have no problem with the plastic-free packaging. And I know that it's something that most of the industry is moving towards. So it's, it's something that's here to stay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, I mean, you know, not to not to talk Hasbro again, but like, did you guys did you guys buy the Halloween clone trooper? I did not, but we have a friend who's army building them. Like, what they did with that is just beautiful. Like the 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 tissue wrap around the figure itself is Halloween themed with an exclusive print. Um, the the accessories are bagged in a um kind of a plasticky papery substance, like a tissue paper almost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it keeps everything in there. It doesn't rip, and it's it's a it's a way to be at least more environmentally conscious. Also, 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 the only thing that you're actually printing is the outside of the packaging too. So it's much more easily recyclable to have a non-bleached um, cardboard mm. interior to the the box instead of having you know a printed uh, printed thing behind it. So yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I know it's controversial. I know it's going to cause issues later down the line in terms of people swapping stuff not being able to see the paint on stuff before you buy it but i mean as a lego consumer i've had i've dealt with that for eons so yeah 
Come on, questions. What else okay. you got? Come on, Jason. All right. So if you if you had one vehicle that turned into two vehicles, <laughs> i.e., the Phantom and the Ghost, <laughs> would you approach that as one giant vehicle, or would you approach that as two separate vehicles? I think the Ghost is a very interesting exception here because uh, if you remember, there's two versions of the Phantom. So it's which one do you want to do? My gut would tell me to do um, both versions of the Phantom, uh, or Take the more popular version, sell it separately. Take the ghost, sell that separately because it's going to be big. The ghost is huge, and we would want to do the ghost nearer to scale. It'd be at the Falcon price point or higher. It's bigger than the Millennium Falcon. Um, and then I would try to, I would actually probably try to work a retail exclusive holiday item where I would have the ghost with the Phantom 2 or whichever the least popular version of the Phantom is. That way, there's a there's incentivization for you to go to that retailer at the holiday and pick up that item. There you go, Glenn. He'll take all sorts of yes. anything you could do with the ghost. If the ghost was painted red for one episode, make the red version. He doesn't. <laughs> he wants it all. Yeah. I mean, we can paint a B wing red and make that. Uh, who who flies that? Is that Hera? Hera. Yeah, yeah. Hera flies it. That's the it was first like a B-wing. prototype yeah. version yeah, of the B wing, right? B-wing. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'll, which I do want to touch on from an A-wing standpoint. So the A-wing, the sculpt for the A-wings, the various different A-wings, is insanely similar. Mm-hmm. I know there was some flack about, uh, or there was there was some concern about us doing like the uh, using a, a specific version or specific uh, sculpt of the A-wing for Hera's A-wing, but mm-hmm. they're all relatively extremely similar, and mm-hmm. it's kind of almost not worth retooling just like the back engine piece to do a regular A-wing. Mm. I didn't. I haven't seen it, so I haven't been paying that close of attention to the sculpt of that specific wow, A-wing. But they were revealed on Yahoo Entertainment. No, I did, but I didn't go to an A wing and said, "This is not right," and this is. Oh well, that's Star Wars, man. Yeah, <laughs> dude, we're we're. You can't make a Star Wars fan happy if you hadn't figured no. it out yet. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is we seem to be making a lot of Star Wars fans happy, which, uh, you know, as a Star Wars fan, I didn't anticipate. Like, people are very, very happy with the product, like, for, yeah. for the most part. You have people who, you know, have concerns or have have things that they, they would like to have seen differently, but everybody's pretty civil. They're, well, I, I think you guys have got a good product at a good price point, you know, because, and you, you can't, some people, you know, you can't have a, big x-wing or a big you know tie fighter or whatever and you got a 15 dollar tie fighter that fits in the palm of your hand mm-hmm. what more could exactly. you want mm-hmm. you get a you get a tie fighter with action features and a microfigure accessory for 12.99 which last i checked is four dollars less than the competition right right um, i'm sorry a standard action figure of the competition yeah oh just that yeah just that action figure you're right yeah, yeah that went up to 17 bucks this week for hasbro Yep, gotta keep that plastic packaging if you want that bubble, guys. That's the bubble. <sighs> That's Jason's number one concern because he's a TVC guy, and he's like, "Please let at least finish the line before you get rid of the plastic." I had every single TVC item ever produced, with the exception of the San Diego Comic Con sets, and my parents sold them all. Oh, when I was in Florida during COVID. Did you know they were doing that, or they just went ahead and did it? Uh, they were like, "We want to move soon." I'm like, "Cool, it's COVID. I'm not flying back to New Jersey right now." And they're like, "Cool." And I came back, and my mom was like, "I found this really lovely young man. Uh, you know, he's about your age, and he was so excited to see all these items. And you know, he he uh he bought all of them." Ouch. 
It takes me I back to my therapists. childhood. I had two therapists from Clone Wars. I love that figure. Yeah. Probably one of my favorite action figures I've ever owned is that Serapis, and it's gone. And have you looked at the prices of Serapis? The prices of Serapis are freaking insane right now. That hurts. That takes me back to my childhood when I got rid of all my stuff. I still have my Max Reboot band set. So it's not, not the end of the world. Did they yeah. at least get a good price, or was they it did. like they, okay. I was shocked that she got a good price? Uh, she didn't get a good price from Joe's, unfortunately, but she got a good price from Star Wars stuff. Good. Awesome. Yeah, I had the entire Jungle Strike thing from Pursuit of Cobra, which is like the alien homage set. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, she sold that for cheap. So we had somebody what's, else. So, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. What's your favorite ship? I mean, what or you know, if you had to pick a ship out of the whole lot. I mean, it's coming spring 23 is all I can say. Okay. okay. I'm a massive <laughs> I'm a massive. My favorite piece of Star Wars media ever produced is the Tar Tar Taratowski Clone Wars series. Mm-hmm. So anything from that has a very special place in my heart. Okay. And you'll be seeing more Clone Wars ships from that 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 awesome. specific piece of content. Nice. So, uh, the Lucasfilm is letting you do that kind of stuff. Lucasfilm again has been they're they're incredible partners to work with. They're incredible teammates, and they provide us incredible direction. Um. They're they're very like they they want to let they want to succeed obviously yeah the line succeed at retail and so they do provide guidance um but thankfully stuff like that has been available and getting new eyes thanks to Disney Plus yeah um we've also got an entire Marvel comic series uh or about Star multiple Marvel comic series from Star Wars so there's there's all sorts of stuff to mine from. So you could do the expanded universe like uh, the Outrider from Shadows of the Empire. She's your sip. What's so crazy is everybody wants the Outrider. I really? Outrider, but like, it's so impressive with how many people want that ship. I did not know that. I just pulled that out of my head. Maybe I want that yeah, too then. Everybody <laughs> wants the Outrider. It has yeah. to be Dash and Leibu. Yep. And then uh, we have to do the... Um, my God, the Virago Starfighter, and that should come with uh, Prince Caesar and Guri. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I don't, I don't know uh, if you also have to do the uh, the, swoops, the swoop bike. Yep, the swoop bikes. And then I think that that was the only other thing. I think Boba Fett appears in that. It'd be cool to do a uh, like a pixelated deco on Boba Fett starship and release that. But... It'd be cool to do like an Ewok in his uh, glider, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that make a great blind bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how we would do the flight sim for it. But I mean, that's not not this for me. That's not the most iconic Ewok vehicle from that movie. Would be the Ewok on the speeder bike. Maybe. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah. That would be cool. That would be a chase. That would be a fun chase piece to do. That would be that. Yeah, my wife would actually chase that one down. She's especially she if it was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, where was I? Oh. So the Imperial Walker. I mean, you've got snow speeders coming out. The scale of the Imperial Walker. Are we talking like the Kenner size Imperial Walker? ATAT at 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 whatever you want to call it. I mean, the Kenner one, the first Kenner was woefully out of scale. This would be closer if we did the ATAT, it would be closer to a realistic scale. But it would be yeah, big. it would be bigger than the original Kenner one. No, no, I think, I think 
because I've, I've done measurements for all the vehicles. The only one that's so absurdly large that you would never think it'd be that big is the turbo tank. The turbo tank's freaking enormous. Mm. You do the turbo tank to scale, that thing is literally like you can't even see my arms. Mm. Um, it's so much bigger than the ATT. It's bizarre. Um, but yeah. Um, if we did if we did an ATAT, it would be like one of our big feature driver items, and we'd you know do all kinds of cool stuff with it. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying that'd to be, try to try to figure that'd that be out. Another ourselves. one my wife would want. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, that would be another one my wife would want because she's for some reason likes Ewoks and ATATs. Yeah, you're adats. If only you could combine the two together into an Ewok infested ATAT. <laughs> I'm sure somewhere on Endor they were doing that. We just never saw it in return. 100 percent They just took over the entire ATAT. Yeah. <laughs> After the Empire left, that's what they were doing. Right. Taking over the bunker. Having a party. Eating stormtroopers. Monster. Monster. Well, here's here's something. Here's something. Why do the Ewoks have a dress that just happens to be Leia's size? Because <laughs> they ate the other one that came by and they they kept her dress. <laughs> they made it for her out of animal pelts. <laughs> In time for the celebration. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite Star Wars moment from Return of the Jedi Special Edition is the... Uh, the Mon Calamari officer, who I think is Admiral Akbar, just dancing by the fire with the Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> so great. It's yep. so great. You just yep. know they brought that guy back for one more day of shooting. Like, we need a party scene. Dance with this Ewok. <laughs> That's the That's, direction they gave him. Yeah, just dance. My, my two favorite character characters, uh, three favorites, Bosk, Admiral Akbar, and Max Reboot. So I, I don't know how I'm going to do any of those in line, but I want to do those. You got to make the home one. Isn't that uh, yeah, Akbar shit? Home one is enormous. Yeah. Enormous. Yeah. Bosk. He's got a ship in the he's got universe. Two. So he's got, he's actually got a starfighter that goes inside the ship. Uh, and the ship itself is massive. So we'd probably do a starfighter. Uh, IG-88 has got an awesome ship. So I'd love to do that one. Um, Zuckus and Forlom have a ship that they go in, which isn't super huge, so we could potentially do that. And then I don't know what Dengar's ship looks like. I want to want to refresh myself here. Dengar. Yeah. I always love. Yeah, but it's huge. I don't know the punishing one. <laughs> it's actually not that big. So like, let's <laughs> just add that to the list. That's an maybe. inch. It would be three inches, three to four inches long. And it would be about five inches wide. That's big. So from a from a so somebody asked me this question yesterday for Halo. And they're like, do a scorpion tank for Halo. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, we're working on it. You know, we want to do a scorpion tank later down the line. And they're like, we'll just do it as a Comic Con exclusive. And it's it's the amount like the the steel molds that you need to make these things mm -hmm. and that's why hasbro reuses so many different pieces and issues so many repaints they're insanely expensive mm -hmm. especially when you get into larger and larger vehicles and so you need to justify that with a production run that's going to help make up for your tooling expenses yep. and as much as i want the punishing one as much as i love dengar and his weird toilet paper armor like <laughs> 
I I don't like that would be a star that would probably be a starship class size vehicle so around the same size as Boa Fett starship and like guys like thirty dollars for punishing one how many units are we going to be able to push right yeah that's too deep of a cut for a profit I would assume yeah so we would need to figure out a way to do it or again if the line goes on for long enough there's always a chance we can do it if i can work into the starfighter class and make it a bit smaller much more much more likely to happen so how deep i can can justify tooling for a rare chase vehicle like that yeah how deep into planning are you right now series seven did i hear that somewhere series seven yep okay wow and i'm late i'm getting uh series eight and nine started for fall 24 wow so you're that far ahead yeah you have to be i mean it takes so long to sculpt these things get them approved tooling tooling on a good day is 60 days on a line where jazzers is spared no expense and is giving us precision tooling we're talking about 120 days for tooling um full production runs take anything between 90 to 120 days depending on the size of the overall thing so that's like at the long end, that's six months just for tooling and manufacturing to begin with. And then you also have test shots where you get to see the actual like first shots of the vehicle off the off the line. Um, those hard copies guys you guys are talking about, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like we see those in hand, we make sure that the functionality is right. Then we go to paint master and then we get pre-production samples and then we get production samples. And you can see how this this timeline kind of like yeah. Not to mention the same team was working on X number of waves at once. Yeah. Okay. So as they're working on three, they might be also be working on four, five, and six. Yep, because they're all at different stages in development at that point. So they're they're working on um, product design sheets for wave five right now. No, they're not with wave five. Six and seven right now, and then they're also working on tooling models for wave four. So, so how many waves a year are you guys thinking of putting out? So for 2023, we're doing three waves per year. And then uh, I recently decided, and I think this is, I don't know. If, yeah, no, we got, we got started. So it's going to be four waves a year for 24. Wow. Wow. Two in the spring, two in the fall. We're going to have to make some room, Jason. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> let, me, let me pull up. Let me pull up where. Uh, Google line so does Lucasfilm say, "Hey, we've got this property coming out in 2023. Yeah. Make this." So they're like, "Hey, here's a content review for you of what's coming up. These ships are probably going. These ships we think look really cool. Um, these ships are going to be featured on X series. Uh, yeah. You know, it wouldn't be a series with someone with et cetera. So yeah, okay." With like somebody with two lightsabers and there's lots of characters <laughs> with two lightsabers. Darth <laughs> Maul, does Darth Maul's lightsaber count as two lightsabers? I yeah, know. I think oh. he's talking about Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, Ahsoka uh, Tano. I'm oh, sorry. Really yeah, excited sorry. about that. Rosario Dawson. I'm excited, dude. I you you. John Favreau just said it was a samurai adventure show. I don't care. Just give me Rebels season five, and I'll be happy. <laughs> That's all you want is uh, Sabine and Hera and Ezra and Chopper. Ezra Bridger and Chopper. I love Chopper. I think Chopper is great. Yeah. I don't want to get that one yet. 
I had yeah. friends at Celebration text me, go, you got to find, you, if you're not in the Ahsoka panel, oh my God, you're missing out. Like, find, uh, the, find it. So, all right. So the one question that I forgot to ask you guys, and I'm actually probably going to sign off. Is, sure. Uh, what vehicles do you want to see in the line? I kind of, yeah. Give me, your, give me your top three weird deep cuts that you'd love to see in the line. Don't all right. Me. Well, I've got one request from uh, somebody wants a cloud car, U-Wing, Rebel Transport, Rebel Bok Gator, Imperial Shuttle, Skiff, and wait, a Java Scale Barge. You gotta slow down, Jason. I'm just trying to get this done with so I can move on to my three. No, all right, go, go ahead. Give me your list. And what, okay. also, who is this person? Why are they so important that you're giving them their, their entire list first? This is Alex. He's the pediatrician. We were yeah. kind of talking with him at a celebration. How old your kid? My kid is, what, 17, 15, and 12? Oh wow! Yeah. So Alex, I mean, the was... pediatrician at celebration, was handing out the FX seventeen. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he sent me a bunch of vehicles he wants. He right, wanted me ahead. to tell you about them. He wanted the cloud car. He wants a cloud car because he gave me. If I don't, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's him. Yeah. Ewing. Okay. Rebel transport. Rebel Transport is an interesting one. I was wondering how we would do that. The Blockade Runner is even bigger than the Falcon, isn't it? Well, Rebel Transport would 100% not be to scale. Okay. Um, it's also not something that has a super huge amount of features to it, and it looks like a giant blimp. So yeah. like, what would you do to make it interesting? And yeah. I have, I've, I've already thought of this, so this is all a hypothetical question, but yeah. Uh, the Imperial Shuttle, which would be probably the number one on my list. Mm -hmm. He was asking... His 40th anniversary is 2023. Yeah. yeah. It might be a good time to do something like that. We'll see. Maybe. And then he said the Java Sail Barge and the Skiff to go along with it, but I don't know if that's going to be too big. No, Java Sail Barge isn't that big. It's, I mean, the, the, the Hasbro 3 and 3 quarter inch one. Just take that and then divide that by essentially four, and that's how big it would be. Oh, okay. That's not too big. No, but I would definitely want. Great. I would want the Imperial shuttle, the Ewing from Rogue One. I love Rogue One. And then you're already making the blue X-wing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a chase for Caesar's too. Yeah, yeah. So those would be the ones that I would want. I love that red astromech droid. It just makes everything pop so much. By the way, the uh, the tool, the the oh, I can't say anything. My yeah, never mind. <laughs> so that you almost got me because uh -oh. it's confusing me because I got I got product with product for series five that I could shoot for product photography and uh I'm now thinking that that's wave two so I keep almost making a mistake and oh revealing almost stuff. slip ups almost exclusives that we'd have to edit out and no one would hear oh my god right. oh wow yeah thank you for the head we'd have to edit out no one would ever hear <laughs> We're honest. We would do that. Yeah. All right. So I'll tell you. What, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you my favorite vehicle ever. Nealus Ten gunship. Which one? I'm sorry. Nealus Ten. Which one is that? It's the Rancor face uh, Imperial gunship or Rebel. I'm sorry. Uh, the Republic gunship. Oh. Okay. Kuratowski's oh. The Clone Wars, the first episode. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Love that thing. And it would have to come with arc troopers. Yeah. 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 Mine's is a, a shark one, but that one, I know that one's kind of 
Yeah, everybody's favorite. The yeah. the shark one? That's the Rancor face one. Is it? Yeah. Well, then shit. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's my favorite <laughs> chip, too. All okay. Right, what's your list? My list is, is the ghost. And then you got to have the Phantom and the Phantom 2, you know, one of those. Um, And then I think the black, the Pose X-Wing, that black X-Wing is pretty badass. Mm. Which color was it? There's three. There's what? The There's the black three one. Three colorways. Uh, you don't want the blue and white. You don't want the orange and white. No, he wants the black like and orange, right? Black and orange. Right. All right. All right. I'll see yeah. what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> you're you doing know the some snow people. Speeder. Yeah. You're doing the snow speeder. I'm excited about that. Oh, um, yeah. So I can talk about the snow speeder features. Thank you. Yeah. So the features and I think are freaking sick. So, um, we had to really rush to get the the products photographed and sent out for that that Yahoo piece, but it has a tow cable on the back. There is a little winding knob thing so you can actually pull the tow cable in. The tow cable nice. is as long as the string can be per safety guidelines, but you guys can work around that if you want. Yeah. Coolest thing is, one, it comes with two microfigure accessories. It comes with both DAC and Luke, so that's freaking cool on its own. It's got a landing skid that flops down or pops down, but the grill on the back, there's a tiny notch built in that you can move back and forth. And when you move that back and forth, it makes the air brakes go up and down. Wow. Yeah. Can't wait for that. That That's going to be cool. That. Remind me what's all, for, like, all for under 20 bucks, right? What? All for under 20 bucks. 1699. Yeah. That's what I love about this line, no. man. Hey, you're... No. Yeah. Yeah. 1699. All right. Come on. Uh, was it what else is in that wave? Oh my god, the gauntlet! The gauntlet. Um, we got ratcheting wings that go in every single like you can do have them facing up, down, and then it rotates with a ratchet too, so it can hit all the poses that you want it to. And it's got a landing skid, looks awesome. Bokatan looks freaking great. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, I can't. That's an awesome ship. That one's out of scale, but it's still beautiful. Yeah, that's great. All right. Any more questions? You got one more question. Well, I, I, I think I do. Me and Jason do owe you an apology. <laughs> Real quick. <laughs> Real quick. We were talking to you last day of celebration, and somebody came up and went, "Dave Filoni's over there," and we just went, "Bye," and took off. <laughs> I would have done the same thing. So yeah. <laughs> well, it's been weighing on our head because we're like, we're like, we were talking to him, and then we just kind of just ghosted him for Dave Filoni. Wow! If only, if only you had led with that, I could have just been like, "Click bye." Yeah, see, that's why we end with that. So now you can click bye. No, but we appreciate your time tonight. Yeah, thank Max, you very thank much you. for giving us thank this time guys. to talk about it, and we're really excited about this line. Anytime, uh, we'll be in touch about your exclusive reveal for uh, that exclusive item later on. Thank you. Awesome. We're excited about that. Cool. All right, have, take it easy, guys. Have what, a good wait, night. What do you do for a living, I want to ask. I'm a communication manager for a construction company. Cool. How about you, Glenn? I work for an office coffee company. I put off coffee in offices and kind of fix them when they, uh, or try to fix them when they go broke, when they break. I make videos and uh, write copy and manage websites. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, you have a lovely evening. You as well. I really do want to visit Atlanta and go to that aquarium one day. 
Let us know when you're in town. We'll show you our collections. Oh my god, I can't wait to see your your hard copy of the Imperial Guard uh, transforming head playset. Yeah, the detail on the cool. thing is pretty awesome. Cool. All right, take it easy, guys. Have yeah, you night. too. Right, good night. Thanks, buddy. Forest be right here. Yeah. <laughs> with you. That was awesome. Wow, that was incredible. <laughs> we hit the big time. Yeah, buddy. All right, should we wrap it up since this is an epic two-hour episode? Yeah, man, let's wrap it up. All right, we'll thank talk you, everyone. More next week. So, hey, uh, Jason, what? Happy birthday! Oh, right, happy birthday to you as well. <laughs> um, thank you for listening to the Smuggler's Galaxy podcast. If you could please leave a like and a five-star review of the show anywhere you listen to podcasts, it really helps us out and points people to the show. Follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Send us an email or message us. We'd love to, we'd love your feedback and we'd love to make you part of the show. Our email address is smugglersgalaxy at gmail.com. Thank you to Alfonso Riviera for the Smugglers Galaxy logo. You can find him at Puerto Rico Star Wars on Facebook. Thank you to Levi Waterhouse for the music. Hasbro re-release VC66. Hashtag vote with your wallet. Pass on what you've learned. Be a positive force in the collecting community. This was an incredible episode. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way. This is the way.